welcome back to Word Up with Danny Katz. I am your host, Danny Katz. I am an author, journalist, and a quantum languaging coach and consultant. What that means is that I teach people how language programs consciousness, how language programs reality at large, and how to transform reality and evolve our consciousness with language. I've also been known to cultivate and share an opinion or two or 12 about culture and consciousness and how they are evolving, devolving, and being manipulated by the powers that were. Here at Word Up, we are devoted to fostering critical thinking while supporting you in becoming your most authentic, empowered, liberated, realized, amazing version of yourself. Our every show aims to expand your consciousness, raise your frequency, sharpen your critical thinking skills, and make you giggle. (laughs) And think. Given the radical uptick in censorship over the past few years, combined with the complete co-opting slash decimation of my own personal industry, journalism, I started Word Up to have a free speech-friendly platform in which to engage exploratory, solutions-based conversations with visionaries, mystics, original thinkers, and rebel badasses who are helping to make the world more wonderful. The first half of my interviews run between 30 to 90 minutes and are always posted here for free public listening. The second halves are reserved for paid supporters on my Patreon and my Locals platforms, where for as little as $5 a month, you can access all of my second half conversations along with oodles of other bonus content and opportunities to drop in with me, to drop in with our High Vibe tribe, and lots of other awesome things. In addition to interviews, Word Up also features quantum languaging upgrades, planetary service announcements, and propaganda analysis, which I call Spot the Propaganda. Thank you so much for tuning in and for sharing your sacred attention with me and our high vibe tribe of change makers. Be sure to click that subscribe button so you can stay abreast of our every episode. Thank you for also clicking the like button, for sharing far and wide, and for leaving some kind words as a review as you are authentically inspired. As well, if you are gleaning any value whatsoever from these shows, consider supporting me on Locals and or Patreon. And as you are wanting to learn more about my quantum languaging coaching and consulting services or nab copies of my books, find me on dannycats.com as well as on quantumlanguaging.com. Okay, I think that's it for our housekeeping. Buckle up and prepare to enjoy this episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Hey, superstars. Welcome back to another episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Today I am joined by the lovely, brilliant Demi Petchel, who was our very first guest on the Word Up podcast. Demi is probably best known for her Starfire Codes substack slash telegram channels. She is an impeccable researcher, writer, filmmaker, mystic. I wanted to have Demi on to talk about 
where we're at, the state of the world, um, the choice to not pick sides, to rise above the, the side picking, kind of like a high level meta perspective on what's going on because Demi's own personal perspective is so expansive and so rich. Before we dive into today's episode, I am reminding you to click the subscribe button, to like, to share, to comment. Also nudging you to sign up for my newsletter at dannycats.com. It is the best way for us to stay in touch in light of so much big tech censorship, in light of the suppression of my videos and my channel on the mainstream platforms. Um, it's just gonna allow us to stay in touch regardless of what the thought police decide to do or not do with those of us speaking truth. Um, also reminding you that this podcast, like all of my podcasts, is divided into two halves. So the first half is free for the public on all of the audio podcast platforms, standard issue, as well as on Odyssey and Locals. The second half of this podcast and all my podcasts is available for my paying supporters on Locals and on Patreon, where for as little as $5 a month, you get access to all of my second half conversations, plus bonus content, advanced notice of courses, live events, webinars, new book drops, special discounts, et cetera, et cetera. So choose the platform of your choice, whatever feels best for you. Also, full disclosure, the um, Deep Scorched Earth Truth podcast that I do with Emily Moyer is available for my $10 and up subscribers on Patreon and on Locals. I just let you know so that you have all of the information necessary to make an informed choice as to what is going to work best for you as far as supporting me. Lastly, if you want to kick me a, a one-time donation by way of Venmo, that is also an option on my website, dannycats.com. Um, any little bit helps. This is a labor of love. Um, and it's your support that allows me to keep on going. Okay, I think that does it for housekeeping. It is the holidays, so I'm reminding you, my new book, The Language of Betterarchy, is available, makes a great gift. Um, it's available in print, in electronic version, as well as audio version. I also have all my other books, Word Up, Little Langeing Hats for Big Change, Pop Propaganda, An Illustrated Guide. And speaking of pop propaganda, I am doing a little pre-launch of the forthcoming digital course for teens and grown-ups, which will be launching in January. So another option for your holiday gift giving list. All right, this really does it for housekeeping. Buckle up and prepare to enjoy my conversation with the Starfire Codes, Demi Pitchell. I'll see you on the flip side. Starfire Codes been going? What's going on with with that whole journey? Pretty good. Um, you know, just uh, just building it up on Substack and um, and trying to figure out like you know kind of what's next. And I think the YouTube journey uh, with the readings will be what's next for that. You know, just to get more interest in it, to get more people over, and that kind of a thing. And I love doing readings, so you know that's. That's really, you know, like once once I sit down, turn the damn camera on and start doing readings on camera, I think it's going to be okay. 
it's just a matter of like, oh God, like until the end and in three days, that's what I'm going to do. So like, I, I'm psyching myself out, like, you know, three days, like then the camera goes on and there's no turning back past that point. I have to schedule season two. And I was stalling on that because I actually had a goal in mind um, that I wanted to double the audience before going forward. And I'm almost there. So how are you doing that? Um, just, you know, recommendations, like word of mouth, people sharing, things like that. Um, it's just been like, um, on Substack specifically, I wanted the audience to be doubled on there. But then like, I've also increased audience, like in other places that I've been using and I have not been using X and that's like where my biggest audience was, but I didn't like the way that they were, um, the way that they're shutting down your reach from there. So like, you know, I feel like I I'm screaming into an abyss you know, and, and I had had my account, like, that's why my, my, um, my following was so big was because I've had my account for 15, 16 years, I was there from the start of Twitter, you know, so it just grew organically, it's nothing that I did, you know, um, and it's been there over time. But now it's like, I can't use it, because I'm being honest. And if you're honest, there's no reach. It's super frustrating, because I watched like I'm watching Tim Pool and Adam and John from No Agenda talking about how great Twitter is and aren't we so lucky? And I'm like, what universe are you guys living in? I'm more censored on X now than before Elon. Right, right. Me too. And I'm, I'm like, do they think this is true or are they part of it? Because I know this is part of what we're going to talk about today of like how many people who we thought were on our team are not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then on top of that, like the, um, there's also like this other push to like, you know, call everyone controlled opposition. Like, and, and that's like coming, like the, the other side of that argument. And it's, that's frustrating too. You know, it's like, just because people disagree with you doesn't make them controlled opposition. They may not understand your argument. Number one, it might not like, and it might not factor into the way that they've presented the information in their minds that they've created a case for that, you know? So th there's, there's both sides of that. And I think both of these things are coming to bear and, and everything is like at this like raging kind of fever pitch with that right now, because everyone's coming at it from one side or the other. And those of us that are like in the in-between where we just want to share ideas and be truthful and, and get to the bottom of some of these things, like we're, we're getting trounced by this infighting that's happening from either side. And how are you experiencing the infighting? Like, how are you personally being trounced by it? Um, I've removed myself from it so that I wouldn't be. I, I don't want to have those conversations. I don't want to talk about, that was funny, you had a floating cup. <laughs> <laughs> On I was like, where did that go? <laughs> I love you. Let me reach into my portal and just yeah. grab snacks. You should. <laughs> you should have something back there where you could just like, yeah. <laughs> oh, look. A dragon. <laughs> Merge from my portal. Totally. That'll be the next redo iteration of my show. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> No, so like I, I removed myself from it because I was like, you know, I, 
I don't support either side of that. You know, I don't, I don't want to have, you know, like this agenda driven conversation, but I don't want to, you know, call out every last person who happens to disagree with me, especially about minutia, you know, they, um, that they might be, you know, controlled opposition or whatever that is. They might just have a different take than I do. They may not understand my argument. They may think my argument is asinine. They may have like, so it doesn't make them controlled opposition just because they have a different idea in their head. Yeah, I think it's really murky, you know, and I always say like, this is my first global apocalypse. So I'm figuring it out as I, <laughs> you know, and I think, you know, a year or two ago, I was accusing people of being controlled opposition because I didn't understand that there's so much nuance and gray areas to this. So yeah. now like when I see people friends, associate colleagues who are clearly doing work for the dark side, I don't claim to assume to understand why or right. what the parameters are or to know what they know, you know, like I know there's a, a scant handful of us that are uncontrollable and that will speak the truth, will not like there aren't barriers. They're going to be like, no, don't go there. And I understand that that's a small scorched earth group and that I'm ridiculous to hold everyone to that standard. Yeah. And, and we, we've made that choice. We've made that choice with full knowledge of, of what it might do, where it might get us, where it might not get us, where we might not be able to have, you know, um, our conversations um, because they're limited. You know, and, and then it makes you look at, okay, well, why, you know, and we want to have those conversations too, but, you know, to, um, to completely shut down discourse, you know, what, where does that get us? Yeah. And it's seeing like, yeah, it's just seeing where like, we're using the same tools of our oppressors when we do that. Like I had, when my book came out, I, you know, posted on Telegram a, a David Martin blurb about it. And he's a friend of mine and he wrote the foreword. And I got slammed, like, he's controlled up. How can you support him? And I was like, first of all, like, understand the context. You're on my Telegram channel and I'm posting a blurb that he posted about my book. So do you really want to go there with me? Like, is that appropriate? You know? Yeah. And then it's also like... <laughs> Look, we all have blind spots and we all have, we're all trying to keep food on the table in the ways that we're keeping food on the table. But I think to, you know, wide angle lens of his body of work, I think it's kind of crazy to accuse him of being a bad guy, you know, or the problem, you know, and is this best use of our critical lenses? Do we really want to turn them on the people in our community who aren't speaking to the things that we want them to be speaking to or that we right. think they should be speaking to like that's a weird litmus yeah and and it only serves to break the whole thing apart so who is in charge of that and how is that not controlled opposition right exactly and there's this weird like kind of puritan like homogenization like we all have to think the same we all have to speak out you know we see it in virus no virus it's just like that same thing now being applied to like, you know, Israel, Palestine. Mm -hmm. And like, you're a shill if you're not taking some big, angry, divisive stance on it. And, and even the people taking the big, angry, divisive stances on it don't even understand the stances that they're taking or the history behind those stances. 
Totally. And it's like, where, like, I'm just wondering when we're going to embrace the I don't know. Like, I've gotten shit behind the scenes for not taking a stance in Israel, Palestine. And I'm like, I've never been there. And I don't claim to understand what's going on. So why would, why would I take a stance? It's so far outside of my lane. And so much of what's going on points to all of the other times that we were duped into taking a side to go to war for the people that that benefits, not that it benefits anyone but the warmongers. So, you know, when you look at it through that lens and you see, oh, this is the same thing that we've been set up to believe and set up to believe and set up to believe every other iteration of this. And I happen to be anti-war. No, I'm not taking a side. Sorry, I'm not going there. You know, that's that's not who I am. That's not what I'm about. I'm not about using force to control anyone. So, you know, I, I'm I'm going to draw the line there where I always draw the line. Yeah. So I'm wondering, I mean, you you and I have both been at this for a long time. How have your expectations of humanity, America, like shifted over the past few years as this is all playing out? There, there has been so much shift. And if I didn't have shift, I would be disappointed in myself because it means I'm not learning. It means I'm not growing. And, and to see that, you know, yeah, there are certain ideologies behind the fact that we would need to defend ourselves against X, Y, and Z. And that's why we put these things into place. But to the degree that that's been done, it's not about defense. It's about control. So, you know, you look at the rest of the world and, and you see the rest of the world's opinion about, you know, the way that we do that. And we and you realize that um, the undercurrent and everything that's been created within our society to to do that has been directed at um, basically, you know, colonizing underneath the, the radar, you know, without... Um, without full on, you know, claiming that that's what it is, you know, so like all of these different ways of manufacturing consent are pushed forward for, to make us believe that, that there's something wrong wherever it is that we're headed when really it's, it's usually something like they won't accept a central bank. You know, they, they want to use gold as their standard of currency. They don't want to capitulate to the fiat system, you know, and when you start to take that apart and you realize that the conflicts that we have in all of these places, that, that that's what that's about, you start to realize we're just being manipulated. So, you know, that's, that's where an anti-war stance comes in because you, you've got so much force behind that, so much force behind what's happening there. And we should not be forcing other people to live the way that, that we do. Um, we should be, unto ourselves for the most part, you know, and, and if someone wants to, you know, fly a different flag, they're more than welcome to live in the country of that flag, you know, that kind of a thing. You know, it's, it's not for us to control. And, you know, if, if we're starting things in other places by handing, you know, weapons and training to people who eventually, you know, um, come up and, and start committing atrocities, we're to blame for that, but we're also paying those people to commit atrocities to fund both sides and start war. So we have to look at that too. Do you still have faith in the American experiment? Do you have faith that we can stave off techno-fascist enslavement? 
Yeah, I mean, there there are enough people who believe in what our initial um, parameters were supposed to be. I don't know that the way that they were put forward is is ever how they were. I don't know that we weren't duped from the get. But plenty of us like what we were sold. So I'm going to roll with that. Well, if that's the case, then how has it gotten this far? Because we were duped, I believe. I believe we were duped into thinking that it was what it was when it never was. Um, it was a control system put into place and, and we were told that, that we have a say when we don't. But we could have a say. How it do could you go in that direction. You know, if, if, we re, um, if we reconfigure it in that way, you know, it, there's no surprise or mistake that all of the presidents have been cousins. They're all cousins, every last one of them. Um, the one that's the odd one out that, that didn't um, come down from King James, I want to say, was Van Buren because he came from the, uh, the French line. But they all go back to Eleanor of Aquitaine. It's actually a matrilineal line. They just don't want to say that. So there, there was a puff piece that came out um, maybe 10 years ago of a little girl doing a science fair project with her, um, with her grandfather. And she traced the lineage of, of all of the different presidents and found out they were all cousins. And that was the, the demarcation line that she said, you know, like, except like Van Buren came from a different line. Well, if you go back half a step, you realize they all came from Eleanor of Aquitaine. All of them. And who was Eleanor? Like, what was her significance historically? Uh, reestablishing the bloodlines, reestablishing the matrilineal bloodlines, um, courtly love, that kind of a thing. So that that brought that back. It, it's um, it's a priestess line. It's not it's not what people think it is because they think that you know um, Christianity is passed down um, patrilineally. So they would look for a male to uh to be the one who everyone stemmed from they're not looking for a female and it's right there one step back because she married into both lines she and uh so she was french and then annulled and then married into the british line and so what is the intention of this bloodline um to to keep power to um, the same as it always was, you know, back through um, the different um, royal families, um, you know, a lot of inbreeding and things like that to, to maintain, keep power. Um, but also, you know, there are stories of, you know, um, of people claiming that those bloodlines came from the, uh, the creator gods, a step down from, from source and what have you, you know, not that, not that we would consider creator gods to be the God, the all, but um, that their bloodlines came from that and that's what they were trying to preserve or that's what they thought they were trying to preserve, however that shakes out, you know, whatever the mythology is there or whether it's mythology or not, you know, um, that's what they believe. So with that in mind, like, I mean, A, do you think there's even going to be a 2024 election? And then B, like who in this, you know, theater of alleged choice <laughs> is is going to be bestowed this position because of their connection to the bloodline. 
we will still have figureheads. We will, we will always have figureheads until that's torn apart and redone, you know, and, and it, it would be great to have it torn apart and redone according to the social contract that we actually think we have. That would be wonderful. You know, I, I, I would be super happy with that, you know, and, and to not have like this, uh, treasonous shadow government thing going on you know we, we should be beholden to what we actually agreed to what we actually do believe in and you know and and to make that the best it possibly can be but um but yeah when you look at the people who are up for these different um positioning vying for you know um for the figurehead status um it becomes obvious the ones that don't get let through are not from that particular bloodline and they get blocked. So when when you watch that and how it plays out, you can see you can you can kind of you know put bets on it. Like okay, this person will probably get through. They cannot block this person because they have a claim, like that. And then it's down to you know whoever is left standing. They they would each have a claim, and you know um, whoever pushes through pushes through. At that. So point. we're looking at like what Trump Kennedy. Um, well, they both are within that. Um, yeah, Biden, um, obviously. So, you know, they could push that through again, but it, it has to be like through those lines and, you know, and, and everyone thought when, when that little girl did that, um, science experiment that Obama would be the odd one out, but he's not, you know, um, he's not, he's part of that bloodline too. They're all part of the same bloodline. So what do we do about the fact that we like we were sold a false bill of goods about what America is and we know that that was a lie from the get go but we're st all still operating under the auspices of the idealism which would allow us to flip it and take it back but knowing what we know about how rigged the system is how do we get out of this It's it's difficult it's a fight it's not, um, it's not going to be straightforward. And with everyone, you know, vying for, for mind control over different, different ideas, different factions, different ways of, of looking at things and different agendas that befall those, um, there's no straightforward answer to that. And, and it's just going to be who can gain control over the zeitgeist at that point. It's whoever gains control over what people are thinking. And that's why um, whoever controls the media has been in charge of that up until this point. And I'm sure, you know, for a great deal of time longer because it, it, um, it affords you more reach. It affords you more, um, more of an ability to take over the mind space. And that's where the war is. It's in the mind. How do you see a way to take the media back? We would have to create our own. We can't take back something that doesn't belong to us, never right. belonged to us to begin with. So we'd have to create our own. You have to have, you know, plan B everything. If you're going to create, you know, another structure and another way of being, another way of living, you have to have everything secondary to that. You know that, um, and then hope it doesn't get co-opted. That's usually what happens. The uh, the Plan B versions of everything end up infiltrated and co-opted. So you right. have to protect against that too, or you have to have enough of them that uh, 
that there's no way to do that or you know which usually there is eventually people figure out a way or um you know such a such a robust litmus test to let anybody into it that you know they wouldn't be able to pass it if they were going to utilize it in that way so it depends so that's a leap of faith <laughs> do you still vote um I I did a few times, um, mainly because I was trying to um, influence outcomes on on primaries, things like that. Um, in the um, in the local government space, it makes sense too because those things affect you directly. So sometimes I will when it comes to that. But do I believe that that it even matters anymore? No. No, I, I honestly think it's all controlled. I think it's been controlled for a really long time. It took me a long time to see that fully. So, um, you know, I've had different iterations of my way of looking at that over time. And I don't think that I will. Again, I, I don't think that um, I don't trust it. I don't trust it. Yeah, I'm with you. What has been like we all wake up in our own time in our own way, right? And I don't think a lot of people will be like, when did you wake up? And I'm like, I'm still waking up. Like, it's not done. It? It's not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm still. If you're woken up, up, you're doing it wrong. Totally. Totally. Yeah. You're do if you're, if you're not constantly growing, learning and changing, unlearning, relearning, if you're not on a constant trajectory toward that, it, you're just doing it wrong. Yeah. You're never done. And, and the fact that you want to be because you had to put so much effort into learning this stuff, you know, that's, that's not an autodidact. And, and that's, you know, that's where that push has to come from. It has to be internal. You have to love learning to keep going and, and not look for gurus to replace your gurus with, which we keep coming back to. It's, it's a ridiculous thing, but it's like, okay, I'm going to drop this set of gurus, but now I don't know what to think. So I'm going to go find another set of gurus that are telling me what to think so that I won't have to cultivate my own thought patterns for myself. No, that's not how that works. You just dropped one set of gurus, like move on to, you know, to your, your own way of thinking, actually do the research for yourself. You know, but I, and I realize people, people have jobs, people have commitments, people have stuff to do. I know plenty of people with all of that in place who still managed to, you know, do their own research and think for themselves. And even if it took longer, they, you know, they, um, they chipped away at it and chipped away at it until they got to a point where they're like, okay, you know, I, I understand a lot more than I did. I understand a, enough to know that I know nothing and I have to keep going. And that's that you just keep going. You keep learning. What was the, the most recent, like, oh, fuck that you woke up to? Like the most recent like program or PSYOP that you realize like, oh, I didn't see that one. Or were there any in your path that you were like really hard and you were like, no, I don't want to give up that binky or that authority figure, or that hero. Oh, no, the the hero thing I don't do. I, I realized from a very young age, you know, everybody's human. Everybody has things that that they know about that they don't know about. I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater on any of that. So that's, that's always been a big thing for me. You know, plenty of people are going to disagree on plenty of points where they're going to, to agree on others. And that's okay. That's how we learn. 
Um, so yeah, so I'm not going to do that unless, you know, like, unless I see like some glaring evidence that, that the person is, you know, trying to push things in the wrong direction on purpose. And then I'm just, you know, I'm probably going to take everything that they say with a grain of salt. I'm probably not going to, you know, incorporate that into, you know, but even those people, a lot of the time, because they're trying to convince people of a certain thing, they're, they're right 80% of the time and wrong 20% of the time, because that's the, that's the sweet spot that you hit when you're trying to push people in the wrong direction so that they'll believe you, you know? So even that you, you can't throw out everything they have to say. I think that's the, I, I feel like that's really hard for people to grasp that someone can speak 99% truth and it's all a setup in a Trojan horse for that 1% that's serving a much darker agenda. I feel like that's where I hit the most pushback with friends and community of like, but no, he said this and he did this. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's yep, the game. He did. Yeah. <laughs> he did. And he said this other thing too, that was wrong. And, and you have to, you have to look at that and, and make sure that there wasn't an agenda there. And, and some people might just be wrong. So there's that too. You know, it, it's, it's not a guarantee that that person's controlled opposition just because they're wrong 20% of the time. You know, they just might be going like on a different path with a different uh, playbook and a different um, way of looking at the world. Like I saw a lot of that with, um, with the studies on ivermectin. A lot of people are pushing it as this wonder drug that, you know, does X, Y, and Z. And I've seen a lot that, uh, you know, that it's not. And, and I knew somebody that started taking it and ended up in a wheelchair. I think the ivermectin one is interesting because my community, we're like the hippie weirdos who do everything natural and spend yeah. $20 on a tonic and, or a smoothie. And so many of these people are now taking ivermectin daily as a prophylactic. And I'm like, when did you give your allegiance to the pharmaceutical industry? Yeah. Yeah. That's so and, odd to me. Yeah. And, and there were so many studies done that, you know, over time it was, you know, chipping away at the, um, at the tissues within the body. It's, it's incorporating into those tissues. It's, it's changing the structure of the body. It's also, you know, it's staying in there kind of like the way that glyphosate does where it's, um, it's so close to the things that, that it, it's mimicking, that it's building into the building blocks of the body that way. Um, we had a lot of, um, we had a lot of good reports of using um, niacin flushes to get it back out. So um, a lot of healing happening after that, but niacin flushes were used with the 9-11 firefighters to get all of those toxins back out of their bodies. And, you know, they, uh, they survived, they, they thrived after that, you know, and it, and it's a, it's a vitamin. It's something easy to do. It's something your body needs and it, it releases all these. And you have to be sure to, you know, open up those pathways to, to make sure that your body can handle the release of those toxins and be able to usher them back out. So, you know, there's, there's different things that you have to look into to do that and to make sure that it's right for you. If you have too high of toxicity, it might be wrong for you. You might be mobilizing too many toxins all at once. So you have to be really careful. You have to work with practitioners on it, but, um, you know, there's uh, there are ways to get all of this back out of your body that, you know, that people don't even think about. They don't, you know, they don't realize that, you know, just because you put something in there doesn't mean like that it might be in there for life. There are ways to get it back out. You know, it might it might 
trigger some things off that you might be stuck with, but you know, um, you can learn to, uh, to navigate that too. I don't, I don't think any of this necessarily has to be a death sentence. I think if you know what you're doing, you can get it back out. Of course, of course. I mean, I, the few times that I was hit with the bioweapon, I just went to combo um, because it just pulls it out, you know, the frog poison. And I've mentioned it to a couple friends, you know, who ha had dealt with it and no one want. oh, that's uncomfortable. I don't want to do that. And it's like, I feel like everything comes down to like an unwillingness to be self-responsible mm -hmm. or an unwillingness to be uncomfortable or an unwillingness to not rely on the authorities that we've been indoctrinated to rely upon. Well, if you're graphene toxic, the body's going to try to um, nestle those, those little graphene bits with tissues to keep them sequestered from the rest of, uh, of your body to keep it from uh, banging up against things and, and causing all kinds of havoc, just like it does with any other kind of toxin. It's just going to form these tissues around it. So you have to um, get rid of the tissues, like dissolve the tissues. So that means taking something like lumbrocanase and then dissolve the graphene, which means taking something like fulvic acid. If mm. you do those in tandem, They'll both come out and they're both natural. You know, it, it'll come out and, and you won't, you're not going to have that problem anymore. Also, you know, um, filtration of the blood, doing things like, um, like going for EBO2 treatments that are, you know, filtering the blood, putting the blood back in oxygenated, um, you know, you'll feel better, but you'll also um, get rid of some of the, uh, like not just the toxins that may have come in this way or that from, from any sort of source, but, um, you know, BPAs and, and things like that, like forever plastics and, and all of those kinds of things, you'll, you'll be able to get those out too. And, you know, anything you can do with your, your overall ter terrain to clear it out, the better off you're going to feel. It's, you know, it's just like cleaning in, in swaths and phases and, and getting that under control. We live in a toxic environment. You're going to take in toxins from, from, any given thing, let alone, you know, how many toxins we're willingly putting into ourselves for no good reason. You know, we're still exposed to, to tons anyway. We're exposed to it through our environment, through our water, through our air, through our food. You know, it's got to come back out. So that's, that's the responsible thing to do is just, you know, toxin maintenance. Yeah, but when we talk about the responsible thing to do as far as our physiological health, I don't see many Americans taking preemptive action to honor their body temples, which is why for my entire adult life, I've been like, I don't fucking want universal health care in this country. I don't want to pay for people to be fat and sick and for them to go like, I don't want to pay for that system. Like if you want to be fat and drink and disrespect your body, that's fine. But my tax money isn't going in to your procedures and your medications and all that bullshit. Yeah. And, and it's also a lack of education because they don't realize that all of those toxins are coming in from all of these different areas. They, they don't realize because that's not the paradigm that they've been sold on why they've gotten sick. So they just stay sick, expecting, you know, it, it's the definition of insanity. You're doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. But it's a lack of education 
in, in that realm. So, you know, the more toxins you clear, the better off you are, the less your body is trying to sock them away, away from the rest of your, uh, your organs and your tissues. So you're not going to develop these like, you know, fat pockets and layers and things like that for, for tissues that, you know, for, um, for sequestering the, um, the different toxins that are in your body, you know, and, and those are for the fat soluble ones, but then you've also got, you know, water soluble toxins that could end up like, you know, um, kicking around and wreaking havoc. So, you know, other tissues are, are, um, are put around those in order to, you know, keep those off to the side as well. So that's, that's really what you're up against, you know, just the body doing its own thing, socking those things away to keep them from harming you. And over time, you know, uh, you're, you're producing all of this extra tissue because, you know, that's how your body fights it off. So I want to go back to the question I asked a few minutes ago about like your path to waking up to the sham show. You know, I had done for me, I'd say it was, you know, like most people, 9-11, you know, really woke me up and I went on a big unraveling. But it was around 2019 that I got into like an Internet debate with Robert Thurman that like opened me up to like, oh, wait, the Dalai Lama the whole Tibetan Buddhist lineage. And for me in my path of like deprogramming, waking up to shams, that was a tough one where I was like, ah, this is really hard for me to let go of this binky. So I'm wondering in your path, like what have been some of the pieces that were like hard for you to, to let go of? The things that should have been harder for me were not hard. They, they were reframes that came very quick that were difficult for everyone else. The biggest one was that I sat down in front of a quantum physics video and I realized that all matter had consciousness and I stopped being atheist immediately. And I was fine with that because I left enough of an opening that there are things that we don't know and things that we can't understand that, you know, eventually we will be able to explain, but, um, I can't right now, so that's okay. And I th I am perfectly comfortable putting that on a shelf until I can explain it later on. That's, that's something we don't understand. So when that information was in front of me, I was like, oh, and I kind of, you know, flipped a 180 on that. I became more spiritual. I started taking in information like that. And obviously, you know, the trajectory that I went, that changed my life over time. But I immediately had that 180 flip of understanding that all matter has consciousness, right? So the people around me had a really hard time with that. They, they did not want to hear that I had changed. They wanted to set a watch by me, which was not possible because I'm learning and I'm growing. Right. And I lost a lot of people in my life to that one in that way. And, and that came around, I want to say 2015. Mm -hmm. So it was right at the start of, um, of a lot of these like weird influence bots coming into um, social media and trying to engage in conversations with, you know, people trying to um, stir them up politically into certain directions. And um, I, I noticed a lot of my friends having these conversations and getting sucked into these arguments and I would get sucked into these arguments. I'm like, just what is happening here? And then we started to realize like this was on purpose. The, you know, these these were entities infiltrating the space and and trying to create this kind of a landscape 
so that people would be at each other's throats, but also so that people would um, be gaslit constantly and not believing, you know, their own eyes and ears. And no matter what you put forward, no matter what you pointed out, no matter how much evidence you had, it was this backlash coming from all sides. And I even had people calling me that I had known for a long time, trying to use NLP on me saying, well, you don't really believe that, do you? Yes, I do. And we're not speaking anymore because how dare you treat me that way? Yeah. So that was really eye-opening. And then that went into um, that election, which was, you know, the Trump-Hillary election. And then past that point, you know, just seeing how everything unraveled and re-raveled and, and did all kinds of shifting. And, and then, you know, you come into 2019 and 2020, you know, so, so that was one trajectory of it. And then another trajectory of it was, was healthcare. It was understanding that, you know, I was sick and the things that I was doing were not having any effect upon me. So this would have been like, you know, 2013 and on, um, the things I'm doing are having no effect. So I'm starting to look into biohacking and I'm starting to look into things that are actually, you know, getting results. And I'm, you know, putting more focus on that than, than on allopathy and I'm starting to get results. And, you know, then I'm wondering why isn't any of this covered? If, if this actually um, is creating conditions where I can get better, how come I can't get coverage for that? You know, so that was another opening for that. And then seeing how many people, like, cause that opened the door for me to see how many people were affected by toxins in different adverse ways and, and, um, and the lives that they were living past that because they've had so much problem with it. And, and, you know, people who have had um, toxin sensitivity, who, um, who are exposed to too much EMF as well. And, and they have, you know, just bodies that, that can't take that and, and they get really sick from it. So, you know, they're, they're having to go into like radio free zones. Most people don't know about that. They don't know that, that this is happening to people that, you know, they, they, have such sensitive exposure thresholds that they have to live apart from the rest of society. They can't use anything that we use. So that's part of it. I mean, in my experience, those people are pretty uh, heavily judged mm -hmm. by society. You know, like I, I have a friend here who's pretty like normie in his beliefs. Um, but he's marginalized because he has those sensitivities and in his normie community there's really not a lot of tolerance and I notice when he talks about it like he's so he's like bracing for being made oh, fun God. of or something and it's like even though I'm that weirdo in the other realms like I totally get it I don't judge him for that yeah and and that's the case with a lot of people you know anything that they've figured out about themselves that doesn't jive with the rest of the story that that everyone else was told they get ridiculed and ostracized. Yeah. And where you see the ridicule and the ostracism is usually a giant red flag for that's exactly where you should be looking because that was established in that way to keep people in their place, to keep people from, from looking in that direction. You know, and, and obviously, you know, um, no virus was, was one of those um, trigger points for me, um, you know, exploring that information and, and realizing that, that none of those experiments were done correctly or the ones that were have been buried. 
and um you know as far seeing, as isolating the virus yes yeah and and seeing all of the the FOIA requests come back with uh with absolutely no evidence to substantiate so, any of that meaning to substantiate that they're it that they have isolated the yes. virus mm-hmm. so, got it so are you in the no virus yes or, I don't even want us to call it a camp. <laughs> you well, I don't, I don't feel like it's a camp, but yes, that those are my ideas. Yes. I also don't feel like it's a camp, but I notice it's just so crazy to witness what's happened within the freedom community, how some people have gotten like, that is really a sticking point and a dividing line. Um, and I yeah. get it as far as Hegelian dialectic, like if we're not going to question the existence of this, then we're always going to need a solution. And I know there's a lot of nuttiness around that in children's health defense. And, you know, we've talked about that with Steve Kirsch. Yeah, but none of that matters to me. What I want to see is, you know, if if they're so sure, they can replicate those experiments in front of everybody. Right, right. If you're so sure, you know, pony up, do it. Totally. You know, that's that's not okay. If, if you're going to... Um, if you're going to have a situation where you know you're claiming that that this is correct, then then the uh, the burden of proof is on you. Show us, show us that that's correct, and don't laugh at us for asking that. Prove it. Yeah. You know, don't don't exhibit you know signs of ridicule. It just makes it glow. It makes it glow even brighter. for (laughs) clicking that subscribe button, for liking, for sharing, for commenting, and for leaving some kind words as a review as you are authentically inspired. As you are receiving any value from my podcast, as you dig it, as you listen regularly, consider supporting me on Patreon and or Locals, where for as little as $5 a month, you get access to all of my second half podcast interviews, as well as oodles of bonus content. Your support really goes a long way in supporting me as a journalist and an independent content creator navigate her way through a really crunchy time in terms of free speech. And as you are wanting to learn more about my work in the world, my books, my products, my quantum languaging, coaching, and consulting, you can find me at dannycats.com as well as quantumlanguaging.com. And if you're not down with a membership patronage platform and want to send me one-time donation, You can use the Bitcoin link if it actually appears on your podcast listening platform. You could also send me a one-time donation by way of PayPal at dannycats at pm.me or by way of Venmo where my username is Sadie Bloom. Again, your support means the world and makes a massive, massive difference when it comes to continuing to share this work with the world. Thank you for sharing your sacred attention with me. Thank you for remembering that you are omniscopic amazingness and for having a rockin' day. See you next time, superstars.